Welcome, everyone, to the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host from SportstalkFlorida.com. Joining Ira Kaufman and Joe Henderson, the Sunshine Boys themselves, we have a special guest today. He's someone who I've known personally for quite a while. He is a wonderful executive at CBS Sports. And then, four years ago, he became the commissioner of what is now known as the American Athletic Conference. He is, of course, Mike Oresco, and this has been a pretty tempestuous time for the league uh, because there was an announcement this week that uh, the Big 12 has chose not to expand, and that is good news for the AAC because... uh, at least four of their members were seriously being considered. Two of them we're very familiar with, of course, in the University of South Florida and the University of Central Florida. So, Mike, it's great to have you on the Sunshine Boys podcast. And tell us what's going on now at the AAC, now that you know that there's going to be some stability in the conference. Well, Jim, first of all, um, obviously we've come through a tough period, uh, but it had a silver lining, and that is the enormous amount of publicity our conference has generated by virtue of being, uh, for the most part, the the prime target for uh, P5 expansion. When you have literally 10 of our schools in the mix and, and probably a half dozen who were clearly seriously, a little more, probably a little more seriously in the mix, uh, you know that uh, we are the conference next to the P5, and it also, you know, it, it, it shined a light on the achievements of our schools, the competitiveness of the schools. Uh, it it uh, shined a light on their markets, on their fan bases. Uh, it showed that this conference has really emerged and that the schools in the conference are, are really, you know, making some noise. Now, again, that's the silver lining. Uh, we have to take advantage of the fact that we probably couldn't have paid for this amount of publicity in a million years. You know, it's a six-month process. It really goes back well before July because you you may recall they were talking about this in May yeah. and prior to that. And to be honest, it's been almost a two-year on and off thing. So it's it's you know it's created a lot of tension, of course, and a lot of pressure. But it has been a long process. But the last six months have been so intense that I think the country has a pretty good idea of what, excuse me, what the AAC is, the American is. And when you rebrand, as we had to do from the old Big East, mm-hmm. it's not easy. You know, you're, you're essentially selling a new product, and, and any time you have a product launch and you sell a new product, it's not easy. You know, it, uh, the country has to get used to you. They have, they have to know who you are. We spent a lot of time trying to identify, you know, make sure people can identify our team to understand what our conference is. Uh, and this, I think, uh, aided that process, ironically, because it wasn't always good, as you know, uh, and it's been very tough and difficult for everyone. But you have to seize the positives and see what you can do with them. And I think now you asked about some of the things we're thinking about. Our vision's always been to get back to being essentially a P6. And, and, and this whole power thing, I don't use, notice I say P more than I do power. This thing was, uh, you know, an unofficial designation. I don't know whether it was invented by the media uh, or whether it was something that the P5 itself uh, attached, uh, you know, to themselves. I don't know. But regardless, it clearly reflected what, you know, the public, what fans, what the media thought were the five strongest conferences, the ones that had the most money, the ones that had the most clout. And I fully understand that. 
But again, we were once part of the BCS, which included six conferences. And we've got six schools in this group of 12 that were once either in the, the old Big East, that were in the old Southwest Conference, that were you know, part of, of that you know, uh, constellation. And so we want to get back. And it's not easy. And I understand all the hurdles and the obstacles. And I think people a few years ago probably felt that, well, this is a pipe dream. They have no chance to even be in the conversation. Well, that's not true. We're obviously in the conversation now. The question is, how do we, you know, how do we cement and, and enhance our position? So that's been the vision. What we're going to do, of course, is uh, promote the conference as as a P6. You know, that was that promotion we had planned this past summer, um, doing promos and doing other kinds of things, especially if we continue to achieve at the level we've achieved. And of course, Houston beating Oklahoma the way they did, and the conference doing well, winning a, a bunch of P P5 games again. You know, that that's helped. But we had to put you know the whole project in 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 uh, limbo in abeyance uh, because we didn't know what was going to happen with, with realignment. We didn't know what the composition of the conference would be. We had to be careful. And I said at the meetings in the summer, our media day, that if we lost teams, perceptions of our conference might change. I mean, you had to be realistic. You couldn't tell people that it would it would be the same if we lost some of our better teams. But we also said we would reconstitute quickly and we would, we would work hard and we would fight hard and we would get back to where we were because we had a good more than just a core group of schools, a whole bunch of good schools who would still be around. Well, now that we're intact, I think we have even a better opportunity to do that. And I think the uh, you'll see some really good, interesting promos that reflect what we've done. You know, I, I really do think that this conference has uh, has had some remarkable achievements all across the board. And if you look at, you know, the three years in football, which, of course, is the most important sport when it comes to realignment and TV deals and money and all of that, We've had two top 10 teams in three years. We won two huge bowl games, including being the Big 12 champion soundly three years ago. The Florida State win last year. Houston's emergence, other teams' emergence. Uh, we've had four top 25 teams at various times last year. We had two this year, two on the cusp. We had two national uh, national championship in men's basketball, three in women's basketball. Uh, we had a golf uh, individual champion. We almost had a team in the uh, College World Series this year, uh, you know, 90 feet away. Uh, we've done a lot of remarkable things. We've got all sorts of individual award winners. We've had people like Tyler Matikavich and Justin Hardy set all-time NCAA records. Uh, I don't think, to be honest, that we've probably gotten enough publicity for the achievements that this group has, has had, and that's in part because the P5 gets a lion's share of attention. You know, We understand that, but we play at a really high level. Uh, we schedule those teams. We play those teams. Uh, and and we're, we're going to you know fight to, to to increase you know that perception. Now, what's that mean? Legislatively, we don't necessarily have a clear path into any kind you know into that autonomy group. But the autonomy group, if your listeners um, you know and, and fans uh, are not too concerned with the autonomy thing because it's esoteric for them. It's important to us in terms of NCA legislation and the ability for that group to to sponsor legislation. Uh, but we can ad adopt that legislation if they sponsor it. We can opt in or opt out. So it's not a problem for us. It just means that we're not in the room and we'd like to be in the room. The real issue, of course, is the perception of whether you're a power six or you know whether you belong with that power five group. And, and as I said, that was a um, you know a, a concept that, that arose based on perceptions, and perceptions can change. And what we've got to do, the first step, I've always said, is to make sure that you, the media, and, and the public 
uh, feels that we are in that conversation and that we belong in, in the P6. Uh, and if, if, in fact, that perception takes hold, and I think it's beginning to, then I think it creates essentially a, a critical mass. Uh, it has influence. And then, and then I think there's a fait accompli that you can you can point to and say, look, we belong. It's clear, and and the powers that be clearly don't want to let us in now. But down the road, uh, you know, that could change because pressure will be brought to bear if we're successful. Uh, that's really, you know, what's what's involved here. You know, you look at the G7. It became the G8 because one of the countries economically became more more powerful and became. Uh, a country that you couldn't leave out, and they, they, therefore they had a seat at the table. I have no illusions, and I'm not naive. I know this is a tough struggle, but if you're us, what else do you do? Why wouldn't you want to achieve that that level of uh, of uh, attention and uh, that level of, of prestige? Of course you would, and I and I think these schools have proven, even with limited resources, that they can do it. And the final thing I'll mention at this point is that the TV deal for us will be extremely important. I understand that. Uh, we probably, uh, you know, I think we've got an excellent chance to generate a lot more revenue. I don't, I don't want to make any predictions, and I don't, you know, it's a tough marketplace. But if you have good product, I always uh, adhere to the uh, the old saying, "Content is king." If you have good product, good live sports product, people will want, it, and there'll be competition for your rights. We have a great partnership with ESPN. We're hoping that uh, you know, before the contract expires, and it doesn't. And go that much longer. You know, 19 is our last football season. We're almost through. We're almost through 16. We hope that ESPN will step up, recognize what we've done, and uh, ultimately, essentially, make an investment in the league that will pay enormous dividends. It's very clear that when we have the ability to compete, we do it. So, uh, you know, if you have a little more money, it certainly helps keep you, uh, you know, competitive. Uh, all sorts of things dictate, you know, the ability now to compete. Uh, scholarship limits, the fact that we've got great young coaches, we have uh, able administrators who hire outstanding young coaches, and, and you can see it all up and down in football. In basketball, we have uh, a more veteran group of coaches, but it, it's an outstanding group. I mean, it's as good as any in the country. So uh, the pieces are in place. We've got a lot of work to do. I fully appreciate that. And the pressure's on us not only to continue to perform, because we're judged more by how we do on the field and court than other conferences, but also, obviously, the, the the next TV deal is going to be very, very critical to our future. Mike Oresco um, of the the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, the AAC, joining us on the Sunshine Boys podcast. And the person I just upcut is Joe <laughs> Henderson, who has a question for Mike. Uh, thanks, uh, Jim. Mike, uh, you you referenced money, and obviously that is the separator between the the so-called P5 conferences and and everybody else. And we focus so much on TV rights deals, but as the TV, as we all know, uh, marketplace is evolving now and not necessarily, uh, you know, more money there, not the kind of money that used to be there. But can can your conference, are you exploring ways, I assume you are, to um, generate revenue streams from the new sources like Google and Twitter and and some of those streaming services and things like that, because that's kind of an untapped source at this point. Joe, that's, um, that's a great question. It's right on point. Yes, we will explore that very seriously. And we have been exploring. In fact, we've been working with one of the big online companies to put uh, a lot of our Olympic sports on their, their video service. And we're very close to announcing a deal there. 
uh, and that's the first step. The question in terms of the big online companies, whether it's Google, whether it's Yahoo, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Facebook, um, you know, and I probably uh, omitted a few, is whether this can be monetized, you know, in the short term, whether there there's enough to uh, whether somebody ultimately wants to to make a splash with with really good collegiate product, live product, and is willing to pay significant amounts, you know, to do that. Um, I don't know if that's there yet. I think it probably will be down the road. I think TV is still the key. I think TV still has obviously uh, the lion's share of viewership. I think TV still generates in terms of uh, ad sales far more. I think, uh, but you know, the online uh, world is very, very important to us, and I'm hoping that it provides the kind of competition that, that we need in the marketplace. Because again, TV networks, it's a very, very tricky situation because uh, you know, TV networks uh, have, have invested heavily you know, in, in the uh, in the P5, but I think there's room for a P6, just as Mike Slive said. You know, there are a lot of there's some conference networks out there, but there's room for one more. It turned out there was room for two more, you know, the ACC and the SEC. So, no, that that's an increasingly important part of the whole puzzle. Uh, it's not just money, though, that has separated the five from us. You, you have to remember, that's what I think is remarkable, what we've done. The five conferences uh, have the money because they have, you know, most of the flagship state universities, but they also have those one or two or three anchor teams that really account for everything. Uh, you know, if you look at the Big 12, where would they be without Texas and Oklahoma? And I know you've heard some recent comments about that. Uh, where would uh, the Pac-12 have been without USC? Where would the Big 10 be without Ohio State and Michigan? Where would uh, the, the SEC's got more of them with Alabama and Georgia and Florida and Tennessee and LSU, which emerged over the last decade, Auburn? They have more of them, but where would where would these conferences be? Uh, ACC, where would it be in football without Clemson and uh, uh, you know and uh, excuse me, a Florida State, of course? And so you know that's. We haven't had, you know, those kinds of, of schools, but we're developing them. And one of the things I, I think, I think the two Florida schools are potential juggernauts. I've said it before. Uh, I think they're they're destined to be tremendous programs, uh, football, and I think they'll really improve basketball as well. You can see the potential they have. Now, they've got to realize it. Uh, UCF had done remarkable things, and then had the, had the uh, unfortunate year when all all the you know tough things came together. You know whether it was you know Georgia's situation, whether it was injuries, whether it was you know a graduation to the NFL, a lot of great players on that Fiesta Bowl team. Uh, you know it just it, but but they're right back with Scott Frost, and uh, I think that's one of the things about our conference. If we lose a coach. We'll hire a terrific coach to replace uh, him. And look what we've done at uh, at Houston, and look what we've done at SMU. Even though they haven't shown it in the record, that team is much much improved, and uh, and and they're only going to get better because, um, you know, again, uh, Chad Morris knows how to recruit Texas. You know, Philip Montgomery, Bob Diaco from Notre Dame. We've hired the best of the best, but the best coordinators. That's what you have to do. We can't pay our our fellows, you know, six million a year, or seven million, but we can we can pay them reasonably well, <clears throat> far better than anybody else in, in, in the group. Unfortunately, that we're, uh, you know, we're uh, we're in, uh, and and that'll be a, a factor down the road. I don't think there's any question about it. And that'll 
that'll help. You know, we, we need to generate more prestige for our schools. We need to generate more attendance. Uh, these are schools that traditionally have had some success, sporadic success. I think they're now together in a league where they can have regular success, consecutive years when they're successful. That's really the critical part. This is not your grandfather's Memphis. It's not your grandfather's Temple. The two Florida schools have all the potential in the world. Now, USF had had a head start because they had some success in the old Big East. Um, US, UCF had not had the exposure. But you look at, uh, you know, an SMU, and they're much more serious about their football than they were. You look at a Houston and the aggressiveness there. Uh, you look at uh, other, other programs. And then you add a great national program like Navy, which has been nothing but uh, great for the conference and obviously the the kids there are wonderful, the best of the best. Uh, they have a tremendous national brand, and they play really, really good football. This is not the Navy of 15 or 20 years ago. This, the, their athleticism is far better. Their recruiting is different. Everything about them uh, is different. And then, you know, you look at schools historically that have played good football, like East Carolina and, uh, and Cincinnati, and, and while they're, they're a bit down right now, uh, there's all the potential in the world. The one thing that the TV's done for us, I mean, we have a great TV deal in terms of exposure with ESPN. We have, you know, we had five ABC national games last year. We're on track to have more this year. We've had, you know, great uh, Thursday and Friday games on ESPN. We're willing to do that. I've said often that uh, I look at us as more JetBlue and Southwest Airlines. You know, we, we can't be quite like, you know, those other major carriers, you know, Delta, American, because... Again, we don't have flagship state institutions, and we don't have some of those teams that have been around for 100 years and have all that incredible tradition. Uh, we sometimes say, here, forget tradition. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about the changing landscape of college sports, especially college football, which allows you to in a way that maybe you couldn't compete 30 years ago and you didn't have scholarship limits and everybody had, had stockpiled 200 players. Now you can compete, and if you get the right coach, it doesn't matter whether don't have as much money as the next guy. Uh, I've said it many times. You don't need a waterfall in your locker room. You don't need the Taj Mahal Stadium. You need good facilities. You need solid facilities, but you need great coaches, and you need to be able to recruit intelligently. The one thing I'm really pleased about, if you have good administrators who are committed, uh, then you, you'll, you'll make it. If you don't have that, you're not going to make it. It doesn't matter what, what you have otherwise, and, and that's what we do have. They've been able to find not only the good coaches, but they've been able to recruit. We're not going to get the four- and five-star recruits for the most part. We know that. But you can get two-star recruits, three-star recruits, an occasional four. Obviously, Houston was able to get one five. Um, but you can coach those kids up. They develop. If you have a good eye for talent, and our teams have, have done that, and if you're in talent-rich areas, our two Florida schools, a school in Ohio, schools in Texas, you know, schools uh, near Memphis near rich recruiting areas, uh, you can get it done, and there's no question that uh, we've got all the potential in the world. Uh, we just have to keep we're, we're, you know, the pressures on us to continue to perform and then ultimately try to translate that into a better deal. I've got a question, Jim, for our guest. Okay, Ira Kaufman for Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the AAC. Go ahead, Ira. Mike, talk a little bit about, uh, for your particular conference, Mike, uh, <clears throat> how much how much does football drive the train, and uh, is that frustrating at all uh, to some of your other coaches in other sports, or is there an understanding, Mike, that uh, football is the one that generates the revenues that uh, maybe uh, allows these other sports to flourish at the schools? 
Uh, great question, Ira. Uh, football does drive it. it. It drives it almost exclusively in many ways. You can see that. Otherwise, um, there would have been more interest in, in schools like uh, Kansas or UConn in realignment uh, that have great basketball traditions. Uh, what, what you have is football generating the revenue for at the conference level, and that's why people scramble during the realignment process to find programs with really great football. Uh, basketball is enormously popular, and basketball generates a lot of revenue, but at the uh, NCAA level, and that's shared with with all the schools that compete in the tournament. Uh, so technically, you know, 320 or so schools would be eligible for uh, some of that revenue. Uh, regular season basketball just does not account for much of the revenue that uh, go that that is accounted for in TV deals. It's just that simple. Uh, and, and it's been unfortunate in a way. You know, I remember talking to Tom Izzo. Uh, Tom's an old friend and a very good friend, and we did a lot of great games together when I was at CBS. He was just wonderful in terms of scheduling. And, you know, he, you know the basketball coaches are, are not happy with, you know, uh, some of the emphasis on football because it's created some realignment that isn't really very edifying. You know, you have, you've lost a lot of great rivalries. You've lost some things. It, the conferences are not as regionally based as they once were. Uh, and I think there was a real charm to that, and I hope that we, you know, we, we return to some of that. And I think that, uh, you know, it, 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 it made college sports, uh, you know, special. And I think college sports are still special, but, you know, you don't want to become like the NFL. But, okay, so that, that clearly football is driving it. Now, do, they, do, do people on the campuses understand that? Yes, they do. They absolutely do. They may not necessarily like it all the time but they understand it. In fact, Gino Auriemma at one point said um, to our group that, that what Bob Diaco is doing at UConn might be the most important thing that's been done there in athletics in, in, in a long, long time uh, because UConn, if they get better in football, will enhance their brand and, and will make the American Athletic Conference a more uh, attractive conference for TV. And, and obviously, uh, you know, it, it, in this whole P5 thing, you know, the schools with good football programs become – uh, more valuable. It's just that simple. The money in football is far greater. Uh, the ad sales uh, are far greater. Uh, the money, again, in basketball is tied up in the tournament and regular season. Unfortunately, um, it, it over regular season in basketball is a tough, a tough sell. I did it for many years, programmed it for many years at ESPN and CBS. And the problem is it overlaps with college football and the NFL. And it only gets a chance to breathe in February and March, and, and not even so much in February anymore, because you know you have the Super Bowl uh, going right into into February. So uh, you know the, the tournament uh, obviously sucks a lot of energy out of regular season. Uh, and I like basketball regular season; it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of great games on, but unless unless you're the ACC, which has a unique uh, basketball brand, and a Duke Carolina can be sold probably like a football game. You know, it's, it's one of the unique uh, events that, that probably can generate sales akin to a really big football game. Uh, you just don't have the regular season uh, revenue that you want. It doesn't mean that it's not important, that it's not, it doesn't contribute to a TV deal. It does. There is a bottom line aspect there. Uh, our basketball tournament is very successful, and I think uh, you know, ESPN really appreciates it. We do great ratings on that, uh, you know, that final Sunday. But it's football that, that drives it. And, of course, football, uh, as you know, because of the, uh, you know, the, the overlap, the fact that it, uh, 
covers a good good part of the calendar just becomes very very important we'd like to take this opportunity to thank Mike Oresco the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference for joining us on this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast with Ira Kaufman Joe Henderson I'm Jim Williams your host wishing you a good day hope you enjoyed the conversation with the commissioner and a better understanding of what the future holds for both the University of South Florida and the University of Central Florida. Until next time, it's the Sunshine Boys podcast on sportstalkflorida.com.